The Federal Trade Commission has issued a new report that establishes a framework for businesses and other organizations to assure the privacies of consumers online. The FTC also is calling on Congress to enact legislation to protect consumer online privacy. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. I am pleased to be speaking about the FTC report with Alan Friel, a partner in the law firm of Edwards Wildman Palmer. Thanks, Alan, for taking time to chat. Nice to be here. What's the gist of the FTC report and how significant is it? It's significant in that it outlines the commission's uh, viewpoint on what companies ought to be doing with respect to consumer data privacy and security. It doesn't really come as any surprise and in some ways can be seen as a bit of a relief for industry insofar as it is one, only a set of best practices and recommendations, and two, confirms that the FTC is not planning to engage in any new rulemaking to essentially hoist regulations onto industry. They do encourage Congress to come up with a with a simple baseline uh, set of privacy principles and to look specifically at ways to regulate uh, data brokers. But as far as most data privacy and, and security issues go, uh, they're looking to industry to self-regulate and would then be in the position to enforce violation of those self-regulatory schemes. Would they have any authority at the moment to go further than they did and actually implement certain regulations, or do they need Congress to act? That's a good question. In fact, one of the four commissioners who dissented, Commissioner Roche, dissented because he believes that the, the guidelines might, in fact, be turned into mandatory requirements. The FTC, under its Section 5 authority, Section 5 of the FTC Act, permits the FTC to protect consumers from misleading or deceptive advertising or unfair advertising and business practices. The unfair prong has sort of changed throughout the years, depending upon administration. For the most part, needs a, a showing of actual injury, whereas the deception prong does not. But Commissioner Roche worries that the concept of unfairness is sufficiently vague and, um, and amorphous that these principles could be imposed essentially as requirements, basically if, if industry for the most part uh, adopts them, failure to adopt them might be seen as unfair. And he points out that there are a number of situations where the marketplace should be allowed to determine what consumers are given in the way of choice and that a privacy by default or privacy by design, something the report advocates, is not always necessarily in the, in the consumer's best interest. And one good example of that is the mobile application space. Right now, you can frequently purchase an app for $1.99 or more that has no advertising. And however, if you want a free version of the app, it will have advertising that is facilitated through the tracking of certain data about you, including your device identifier, and the serving of ads to you. And so Commissioner Roche notes that that's you know, a take-it-or-leave-it choice with respect to privacy. If you want the free app, you have to accept that tracking and targeting. If you don't want the free app, you don't uh, have to accept it. So he worries that the report's recommendations of adopting privacy by design 
which as a principle requires companies to always default to giving consumers affirmative choice before enabling any kind of data tracking or use. You raise a point I find interesting. I want to use an app on my phone, my iPhone, and it tells me what the conditions are. And if I don't like it, I don't accept it, which is often what I do, because it seems like they want more information than I'm willing to give. Wouldn't that be enough under these guidelines? Or are you saying that I can say, no, I won't follow it, but I still get the app? And I think that's Commissioner Roche's concern. Again, these guidelines are merely statements of principle. One of the things that the report urges is for companies to adopt privacy by design. Privacy by design is a process of of looking at privacy impact at the time you conceptualize and develop a product and to start out with a baseline of giving consumers complete control over their privacy, essentially to have them affirmatively elect before a company can intrude upon that privacy. There is no law anywhere that imposes privacy by design. It's merely a a concept. You know, reasonable minds might uh, differ as to whether or not it is consistent with privacy by design to have a take-it-or-leave-it choice. Nobody's going to force a consumer to download a free app, but should they choose to do so, I think it is fair. If, if, if the business model that supports that free app requires a certain amount of data collection and exploitation, that as long as that's made clear through an easily conveyed and understandable notice, something that all the commissioners find to be important and something that, 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 that there was no controversy amongst them as to whether or not there needed to be improvements in how privacy notices are given, that that should be sufficient consumer choice. Without legislation, what really can we expect to change here? You're going to have the Department of Commerce and the FTC holding industry roundtables and discussions in order to develop self-regulatory programs. That is most likely going to happen because industry wants to avoid legislation. You're going to have a, a set of industry principles. The commissioner appointed the Digital Advertising Alliance, a group of stakeholders in the internet advertising space that have developed a pretty robust set of self-regulatory guidelines around online behavioral advertising. I think you're going to see the mobile industry doing the same thing. And indeed, just uh, as a result of the California Attorney General's initiative that was announced a couple weeks ago, the vast, vast majority of the uh, operating system and platform providers in the mobile space have agreed to come together over the next next six months and and do just that. I think that's where we're going to see changes. And then you'll see the FTC continue to um, uh, exercise its enforcement powers when there are misleading, whether explicitly or implicitly, privacy or data security statements one of which may be, you know, we're, we're a member of uh, an industry group and we're not following their self-regulatory scheme. That would be an implicit uh, misrepresentation. Or an explicit misrepresentation would be a privacy notice as A, B, and C, when in fact D, E, and F are the case. In those circumstances, the FTC is going to bring enforcement actions And then once they've got you for a deception claim, they have so-called 
fencing in authority where in the settlement agreement or the consent order, they can impose far greater burdens on on a company than they would otherwise under their Section 5 authority. And that's exactly what they did with Twitter, Facebook, and Google in the last year. All three of those companies had privacy or data security issues that the FTC did, did not like their practices and have forced them to substantially change them and agree to 20 years worth of reporting and monitoring. But the basis on which they had the authority to do that was the fact that all three are alleged to have made misleading statements in their privacy and data security policies. And it was based on that deception that the FTC was able to uh, require them to, to engage in corrective action. So how burdensome would implementing this framework be on organizations? It sort of depends upon where a product is in its, in its life cycle and how complex it is. That's one reason why the, the commission advocates the by-design approach. It is much easier to give notice and provide transparency and to enable choice when you're all that into uh, a product or a campaign it's more difficult to go back and assess the impact uh, after a product's already in the market as an afterthought, rectify uh, issues pre-exist. To the extent that companies start thinking more about these issues as they uh, capitalize products and, and campaigns, they'll more easily be able to comply with with where the the consumers want them to be. Government is encouraging them to be, and their own self-regulatory groups are, are likely to soon be requiring them to be. So what are you advising your clients? One of the things that we've been doing for quite some time is to encourage companies to implement privacy by design in the development process. I don't necessarily think that means that privacy needs to be the default, but you need to be thinking about privacy and data security impact as a product is being created before it goes out into the marketplace. Then with respect to notice, one of the things that the report takes aim at is how complex privacy policies have gotten. And they question whether or not that's effective notice anymore. Now, I understand why, particularly in complex ecosystems like mobile marketing, where you have all sorts of complex technologies and and a, and, a, and a an ecosystem that is that is divided up amongst many many players that you, that you need uh, relatively complex detailed notices. But I also understand the FTC's uh, criticism that for the average consumer they're not going to get to that level of detail. And so what what we encourage uh, clients to do is to provide layered notice where you have right up front in a few bullet points, something that can be read on a single uh, smartphone screen, uh, the the high-level most important disclosures, and that those can then be clicked through to added layer of detail. So it's possible to both have um, simple, concise notice at the point of collection or at the point of of download, uh, but at the same time, have multiple layers of detail if somebody so chooses to to dig into that. 
that detail. Should that just be for mobile or should that also be for other forms of uh, presentations such as a browser on a laptop? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's something that, that is particularly important for mobile because of screen size. But I like to use layered privacy notices in, in all, all forms of meeting, you know, even uh, if it's just a website that, that's being accessed via PC. Because, again, you know, at the point that somebody is registering, you can have a very simple notice that then clicks to the privacy policy if they decide they want to get into that level more detail. And then I like to see a privacy policy that goes, sort of goes in multiple layers of detail as well. So some bullet points that lay out the key issues, followed by an index that explains each area of detail, and then you can just click on that and transport right to this section that you care about. I think frequently asked questions uh, documents are also very helpful in that regard because they sort of explain things in, in, in simple language that consumers are more likely to understand. And in fact, consumers generally go to FAQs rather than, or certainly before they go to terms of use or privacy policies. And this question of the understandability of, of privacy policies applies equally to terms of use. I like to see those layered as well and to, and to, to call out the, the most important things that a consumer uh, might care about right up front in some simple bullet points. Anything else you'd like to add? It is uh, essential that, that companies understand what their marketing departments, what their technology groups are doing, audit uh, practices and policies at least once a year to ensure that what they're saying remains accurate. Although no amount of security is ever going to be 100%, they are auditing their systems to make sure, particularly with respect to sensitive data like credit cards uh, and uh, personally identifiable data, uh, that they are exercising at least industry customary security procedures and that they have a breach contingency plan ready because at some point every company is going to have a data breach uh, for the reason that, that no security is 100%. A number of states uh, require uh, uh, notice to, uh, to the state and to consumers in the event of a data breach. Uh, and Massachusetts now requires uh, a, a WISP, a written information security policy to exist uh, and that you comply with that. So these are not new issues or should not be new issues for companies. They, they've, they've had a number of years get their IT group on the right track here, and I think we're going to start seeing more regulatory enforcement actions and more consumer class action lawsuits for the companies that are, are not complying. Thanks, Alan. My pleasure. I've been speaking with attorney Alan Friel of the law firm Edwards Wildman Palmer. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.